This is the FBCG Live Podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins, Sr. Today's message is entitled, Insight Regarding the Coronavirus Crisis. The events that are unfolding before our eyes are warnings and reminders to get our lives right with Christ. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that in spite of what we're facing in our community, in our country, and in the world, we affirm that you're still God. And we declare that, Lord, in spite of everything that we see and hear, we trust you. We know you got our back. We know you got it covered. We know you've got it all under control. And we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. We thank you, Almighty God. So we pray today in Jesus' name that you would just touch people who are watching this this broadcast and those who are participating in this wonderful opportunity that in spite of their circumstances, they choose to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. We thank you. We love you. We bless your holy and righteous name. Anoint us to be your mouthpiece for these next few moments. Transcend the airwaves and the internet and the locations of where people are and reach out and speak to them, Almighty God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Praise Him. Well, thank you for joining us wherever you are. It's a, just a joy and a delight and a pleasure uh, in, in the midst of the fact that we don't have um, the ability to have physical church. We still have the opportunity to worship God regardless of how many people might be in a building. God is worthy to be praised and lifted up, and we're going to do that. And I know the news that is going on across the the nation and the world is frightening news. As a matter of fact, we've never faced anything like this, at least in my 61 years of living. I've never experienced anything on this order. However, this is not the first time that our world and our nation has faced a crisis of this sort. As a matter of fact, there have been 33 crises over the last 40 years, 33 situations. But guess what? God is still God. Even though these things have come and appeared, they have come and gone, but our God is still alive and well. He's still saving people, still delivering people, still making a way for people. He is still God. And that's what I give God praise for, that we are not going to lose our trust in the God uh, who promises to take care of us. As a matter of fact, I shared earlier this week with people that we serve a God uh, who is always God and, and, and who is always with us. That's what my, my hope is, that we serve a God who's with us all the time. He walks with us and talks with us, and he promised to be with us even until the end of the world. And so I want to spend a few moments today and talk to you uh, about that. Last Sunday when our church churches weren't able to have service, I had a family gathering. My family, all of my kids and their spouses and my grandkids and my nieces and nephews uh, met at my home uh, and we had worship in church. And I want to share with you the message I challenged them with. It was, in fact, the message that God gave me on my heart that I think is, is, uh, is relevant to everybody today. So I want to, if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 24. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take all of my passages today that I'm going to talk about from Matthew 24 and 25. And I want to uh, take a moment and try to try to just say what to you what the Lord is saying to me. 
and hopefully uh, it'll have a message for you. I, I want to look at Matthew chapter 24, and I want to start with the first eight verses of Matthew chapter 24. Here's what it says. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the building of the temple. And Jesus said to them, do, not, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. What a profound and prophetic passage of scripture. In fact, uh, I know there's a lot of debate about this passage from Matthew chapter 24 about the tribulation and when the tribulation occurs and when the rapture occurs and whether the rapture will be pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib. There's all kinds of debate about it. However, I believe that the circumstances that we're facing in our church, our community, and our world now are perhaps God's warning signal to us. Maybe it is his opportunity to try to wake us up and try to get us to recognize uh, that, that maybe we are, we are in fact approaching the last days. Uh, the scripture says, what, what I noticed here, and let me just go back and read a, a section of this. He says, many will come... Uh, in my name saying I am the Christ and I recognize that there are a huge number of prophets who claim that they are the Messiah I need not go through and name their names they if you listen and just go to the internet you'll find there are plenty who declare they are the ones who have come to either finish the work that Jesus didn't finish they are the ones who claim that they are the way to salvation and only through them can you get saved or have a relationship with God or to who are declaring that in some way or some capacity, they are the prophet to the nation for these latter days. Jesus says, many are coming in my name saying, I am the Christ. And in fact, will deceive many. We should not even be surprised the numbers of people who follow after these prophets and these so-called messiahs. We are in those days. But then the description goes on a little bit further, says there will be wars and rumors of wars. I did a little research on, on all the many wars and kingdoms and nations warring and fighting against each other. And in fact, this is a time when there are wars and rumors of wars. Uh, th this is that day, this is that time that that is happening. Nation is rising up against nation and kingdom against kingdom, people against kingdom, Iraq against Iran and this nation against that nation. And then it says, and there will be famines, verse number seven. Famines, a shortage of food. People are, people are leaving one country to try to get into another country just for a better way of life, just to feed their family. Famines and pestilences. I don't know if you know this or not, but this coronavirus, whatever, corona, rona, whatever you want to call it, coronavirus is a pestilence. It's a dangerous, deadly virus. 
And Jesus said, in the last days, there will be pestilence and earthquakes in various diverse places. Uh, whether this applies to the tribulation, pre-trib, post-trib, you can debate that all you want. Here's what I think. I think whether Jesus comes pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, I think we ought to be prepared and ready for when he comes, regardless of when he comes. Regardless of what day, what time, we ought to be ready. We ought to be prepared. The church ought to be prepared. The church ought to be ready. And I want to ask the question, are you ready? Whether we have, whenever the tribulation comes, whenever that is. Verse, verse 8 says, and these are the beginning of sorrows. Maybe this is the warning sign. Maybe this is the wake-up call. Maybe this is the opportunity that God is saying to you and to I and to all of us. It's time to get yourself ready. Are you prepared? Are you ready? As a matter of fact, when the Bible was written, chapter 24 of Matthew and chapter 25, they weren't, they weren't divided up. They weren't verses and chapters. As a matter of fact, if you roll right on into chapter 25, after you go through all of the verses of 24, chapter 25 begins with some startling words. Jesus tells a parable. Let me read this parable to you. It's a lengthy passage, but listen to what he has to say in these first uh, it's 30 verses, so just hang with me for a few moments. You ain't got nowhere to go, nothing to do anyway. Verse 1 says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, say no, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourself. And while they went out, when they went out to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Wow, what a profound warning to all of us. And the question is, hear this illustration, hear this parable about these ten virgins, five wise, five unfoolish, were foolish. What made the wise ones wise? What made the foolish ones foolish? The wise, the wise virgins were wise because they prepared themselves for what they knew to be the coming of the bridegroom. And the foolish ones thought they had time. They thought that they didn't need to go prepared and ready. And yet we live in a society in the world where people are not even thinking about Jesus coming back. They're not worrying. They're not considering. They're not taking a look at their life or their lifestyle. They seem to don't care. People, are, the church attendance has gone down. The matter of fact, people think they don't need the church. They don't need the gospel that Jesus has to offer. And yet some people are going to be shocked when they come and they're not ready. They haven't prepared themselves. I wonder if you, if you would fall in the category of a wise or a foolish virgin. Do you have oil in your lampstand? Do you have the relationship with Jesus that you're supposed to have? And not just with Jesus, but with other people. Are you ready?
are you prepared? But hold up, he didn't stop there. Let me take just a moment and read these final 15 or 16 verses, beginning at verse 14. Here's the second parable Jesus told about the parable of the talents. And then I'll be out of your hair. I'll leave you alone. I'll get off your computer. I'll drop off your cell phone. I won't be on your iPad. For the kingdom of God, for the kingdom of heaven, verse 14, it's like a man traveling to a far country who called to his servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents to another two and to another one, to each one according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received the five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you rule over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What a horrible way to end your life, to end your testimony, to come to the conclusion of your journey only to find out that you haven't done anything with what God has deposited in you. This is a story about what God has deposited in people and in you. As a matter of fact, God has given to every person a level of talents, giftings, a measure of faith. God has given to everybody. You have a level of faith and a measure of talents to put your faith in Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. It's in you. And to give him your life. To give him your giftings and everything that he's put in you. But the tragedy is so many are just like this man who only took the one he had and hid it. And some of you are hiding the gifts and the faith that God has given to you. And you're not utilizing it the way God designed and entitled and anointed you to use it with. You sat back on it. You sat at home and watched television. You worked. You went to the golf club. You washed your cars. You didn't care anything about putting your faith in Christ. 
You didn't care anything about serving him and using your talents to advance his kingdom. This is all about using the gifts that God has given to you to advance not your agenda, but his agenda. Go on and preach, Pastor Jenkins. I'm doing the best that I can. So many people have failed to use the gifts that God has given to them for the sake of his kingdom. But the thing that I love about God is that he is a God who will give you another chance and another opportunity. As a matter of fact, perhaps these times and these days have got you asking yourself questions and maybe the uncertainty of your future, the questions about your job, the questions about your health, the questions about your safety might be raising questions in your heart about whether there is a God. I want to assure you that there is a God and he is a savior and he's a mighty savior and I trust him and I put my confidence in him. And I have the confidence that regardless of what happens with this coronavirus, it doesn't matter. Even if it was to take me out, I've got the confidence that if I close my eyes on this side, I will open my eyes on the other side in his presence. Do you have that confidence? And do you know that you have that kind of a walk with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? And more importantly, have you obeyed him? And are you living for him? And are you working and serving for his kingdom? Are you helping to advance his agenda? My assignment today is to challenge you, to question, to encourage you, to get right with God. These might be the last days. These might, in fact, be, we might be near the end. We might be close to his second coming. Oh, I do believe he's coming back again. And I'm prepared and ready. Have I dotted every I and crossed every T? Oh, no, I've got my share of errors and mistakes and problems. But I have put my trust and my confidence in the fact that he died on the cross for my sins, that he was buried, and he, in fact, rose from the dead. And I believe he's coming back again. And he wants you to know he's coming back again. Amen. Where do you stand with the Lord Jesus? You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. We live in a society that's not thinking about the second coming of Jesus Christ. Where do you stand with the Lord? If you've been blessed by this message and would like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglenarden.org slash give to donate. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week.